Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1990s. Flashback Fridays powered by Furnace Family. Today we enter the decade of the 1990s. Some pretty big uh, songs in there, Chelsea. So, some big songs. These are the songs of like my childhood. Were this you allowed all to listen I was to Eminem? To. Was I allowed to? Yeah. Um, you were very young for him. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> so I had an older sister who was five years older than me. Okay. So so I was always kind of allowed to do maybe more things than yep. maybe I should have been because I was very heavily influenced by the age gap. And so the things that she was into, I sort of just you know became allowed you take along, to yeah. do. For a while, I wasn't even allowed to watch The Simpsons. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> oh, I remember how like groundbreaking that was and people people freaked out. Like Bart Simpson was like the antichrist to some of these people. Yeah, Bart, say, Bart saying things like eat my shorts yeah. was like so offside. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, but did. I wasn't allowed to watch Jenny Jones, uh, but we did all the time. Oh, Jenny talk Jones. shows in the 1990s, like Ricky Lake, Jenny Jones, Oprah was huge. Like what, like TV Jerry itself. Springer. Oh yeah. Yeah. We went to the, this weird realm of just kind of wanting to watch the worst deeply people. damaged people yes exactly mm. that's what it was and i think that kind of then gave way maybe in the maybe in the early 2000s <laughs> to reality tv going like what's how can we see even more train wrecks yeah exactly we learned that we liked it in the 90s it's a good point yeah a uh, couple of texts coming in already about what you remember from the 1990s this one yeah donovan bailey at the 96 olympics yes that oh, was yeah. that was big and then the rematch that he had with michael johnson in the 150 remember to find out who really was yeah, the got, fastest and then he man got hurt right yeah he pulls up yeah, lame michael. halfway through because he was losing yeah yeah that's true and i don't they remember had that the rematch great, uh, but i remember that's... him that Super Saturday in Atlanta when Canada won all the gold medals in the track. Yeah, yeah. That was that was spectacular, yeah. That yeah, that, that's day. for sure. Uh, Mark in Drayton Valley says, plaid, baggy pants, grunge music, and the explosion of snowboarding, the best decade ever. Mm, snowboarding, yeah. I didn't even realize that that was, you could relate that back to the 90s. Yeah. I think music too like he makes a really good point about like it was it, music was kind of two different worlds at least yes. from my perspective in the 90s it was you know like your super bubblegummy pop totally your boy bands and your girl groups yep and then it was the evolution of and sound that turned and Pearl into Jam. grunge yeah 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 and w- once again i kind of like i was like in like i was like young in the in the 90s <laughs> i was born in 1988 so like i kind of like rode that line of both so I liked all the bubblegummy pop stuff but like I said I had an older sister so she was introducing me to like Smashing Pumpkins yes Beck and like all that kind of weird stuff so sort of two different worlds cool that's in great the 1990s. though 1990s yeah yeah because then you get influenced from yeah, you gotta you know, experience it all all kinds of stuff um 
the style of the 90s? I mean, what what was, was anyone there a doing? Style? Yeah, exactly. There wasn't really a definitive style. I mean, I guess the Ugly. grunge look. <laughs> the grunge look like baby tees, um, chunky highlights, platform shoes, everything like clear plastic accessories. Mesh was big. Was it? Ugly. Ugly mesh. stuff. And, yeah. I remember like mesh I guess tops. that was Madonna, right? Did, did she wear all, like the mesh pantyhose all the time? Yeah, or yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I think Britney Spears did a mesh thing too. Well, you would know. I, I'm a big fan of Britney Spears. <laughs> big, big fan of Britney Spears. Uh, we were talking about Shania Twain earlier as having a massive monster album as a Canadian. Uh, this listener saying, personally, I think Alanis Morissette, The Jagged Little Pill. Oh. Yeah, you want to talk about massive albums by Canadian artists. Uh, Canadian women were killing it in the 90s. Alanis, that, that album was just enormous. Yeah, that's a good point. She was on fire. Oh. And it's still, I mean, it's still, it's turned into a musical now. Yeah, yeah. And apparently like a very successful about, one. Yeah, an album that kind of just like transcends decades and, and time. I think, you know, you can't talk about the 90s without thinking about the evolution of tech and in, in the yes. internet. Yes. But, but like the very beginnings of the internet, you know, like what were we really... What were we doing? Like maybe by the end of the nineties, it was yeah. like some instant messaging and like chat rooms. I remember like the end of the nineties. Um, you would like if you wanted to download a song because like Napster and stuff was big at the end of the nineties. Yes. But you would like download a song and then go make a sandwich and, and come back kind of thing because it would take <laughs> forever to get some. Or you'd use LimeWire and you would ruin your parents' computer. <laughs> exactly. And, and two days later, you had a virus, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or a hundred viruses. Yeah, yeah. It was our relationship with like what we were doing online was very different oh, in the 1990s. Yeah, it was just the just the birth of it where we were do just you remember, trying to figure it out. Do you remember the sound when you hooked up oh, yeah. via <laughs> dial-up? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wonder if anyone remembers the first website that they went to. Like when you got when you got the internet, what was the first thing that you did? Probably you can say. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I don't know what website it was, but I do remember doing it, and I can remember the the screen loading, and and you know, line yeah. kind of line by line, line by line, filling yes. up and going, "Oh, this is awesome, right?" And then and then now, if if it takes that long to load, you go like, "You're just all fed up." <laughs> oh, There's that sound. sound. There's that beautiful sound. Yeah. Now we're so impatient. If it takes more than five seconds, oh yeah, oh. it's not worth it. And back then, it wasn't Google. Like you didn't Google things. You you had a choice. There was a whole bunch of different search engines. Oh, like Ask Jeeves? Yeah, you could Ask, ask Jeeves. Jeeves. There was yeah. Alta Vista. There was a whole bunch that you could check out. Eventually, Google <laughs> destroyed them all. But <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, the, the internet alone, I think, is a weird is a weird path that you can kind of go down in the nineties. Oh. But you know, also, I, I mean, there was so much. What about movies? Things we were watching, like Titanic, took over the world. In yeah, the 90s. there were some big ones. Uh, take a listen to this. Flashback Fridays on 6.30 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1990s. Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sutton, welcome to Jurassic Park. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh. I see dead people. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I'm the king of the world! And you do. Oh my god! They killed Kenny! Don't! 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 
no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. That's my final answer. Well, my gosh. What can I say except, Debbie, you're going to Paris, and this is the final answer heard all around the world. He's won a million dollars. Ah, Regis, that show was big. That was must-see TV when it came out. Yeah. Oh, it was huge. Maybe that. Maybe that's kind of what led us into reality TV, like watching a real person sweat. <laughs> it was such a great concept, though. It's still going, right? They still do it now. Doesn't Jimmy Kimmel do it now or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah there's a thousand of those. So you can somehow win money type. Sh- there's like yeah. a game show channel, I think, worth all of those on there. But yeah, you so mentioned many, Titanic, and there were some big movies. So many phrases in that montage that that just became part of real yeah. life. You know, exactly. like I see dead people and and uh, blame Canada and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, you can't handle the truth. All those all those catchphrases that everybody used. They just lasted forever. Yeah, and uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, I, I remember, you know what I remember about Jurassic Park is McDonald's came out with uh, the Jurassic cheeseburger. It was a triple cheeseburger. Mm. Ooh. And I almost lived on those when they, <laughs> they were so good. I don't remember them and I'm sad about it. <laughs> you know, I bet you could ask McDonald's really nicely to just make you one, like a triple cheeseburger. They'd probably do that. You think? I don't think you, if you ordered it and called it a Jurassic cheeseburger that they would have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> was the 90s also when McDonald's did pizza? Um, <laughs> no, it might have been 80s. In, I don't know if it was still around in the 90s. It might have been. It might have been. I, I never, ever experienced it. I just remember it being you know what? We always thing. called it Pima because they took the M's and yeah. turned them sideways to make them Z's, right? So we Be- ordered Pima all the time. It, it was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, and Morley, you're going to take a look at sports for us, but I think when I think about 90s sports, I think about the Chicago Bulls. I remember being a Bulls fan. Oh, yeah. Because you just, everyone just championships. was. Yep. Six, hey, yeah, yep. no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean they were they were dominant for sure. Yeah, and and, and you're right, Chelsea, because they were more than just basketball, right? I mean the Bulls became fashion, they became pop culture. I mean that was just they, they, they ruled it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Jordan was like, I can be an athlete and be endorsing all of these brands. He's a celebrity and a spokesperson for so totally. many different things. Yeah, yep. Morley, what else was going on in sports? Well, it was the it was the decade of the home run in baseball. First off, Canada owned the best uh, the the best teams in Major League Baseball for three straight years. In '92, the World Series came to Canada for the first game ever played outside of the United States, and that was in Toronto as the Blue Jays hosted the Braves in Game Three. Jays won the series in six. Joe Carter hit two home runs in the 92 series. He hit two more in the 93 series, including a walk-off World Series winner. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. The Blue Jays did not win a third straight World Series in 1994. In fact, no one won the World Series in 94. A player's strike ended the season in August. The Montreal Expos had the best record in baseball, 77-44. and 44. It was finally their year. <laughs> Looking back, it's just more heartbreak for a tormented organization and its fan base. In 98, uh, baseball began to recover from the strike, uh, winning fans back with that riveting home run race between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Oh, yeah. They both broke Lou Gehrig's record for 61 homers. McGuire did it first. Down the left field line. Is it enough? Gone! There it is! 62! Touch first, Mark. You are the new single-season home run king. 
McGuire went on to hit 70. Sosa, 66. They both stink of steroids now, so they're not really records anymore. Uh, in hockey, the Oilers won another Stanley in 1990. They hit some hard times. More on that in 30 minutes. Uh, after uh, bowing out of his fight in Edmonton in 89, Mike Tyson was upset by Buster Douglas. Tyson came back but was never the same. Meanwhile, another legendary boxer was making a comeback and came to Edmonton. But this time he actually fought. George Foreman set up shop here to fight our own Kenny LaCousta. LaCousta remembers getting off to a pretty good start in the first couple of rounds at the old Agricom. For the first two rounds, I just stayed real close and you know, I was getting in some really good punches inside to his body and he was he was feeling them, but he's a he's so strong, he was just like, they're just bouncing off him. His body, might the stomach might look a little bit big, but as hard as a rock, when I would punch it, my arms were like, but the glove would just bounce off it and uh, so I just kept planting them body shots in and, and fighting inside and the first two rounds were really good rounds for me. Yeah, I, I'm sure if you look back at the scorecards, I was doing good in the first couple of rounds, but you know, the third round, uh, everything kind of uh, turned around on, on me in the third round. What a round it was in the third round. Ken Lacusta felt just how hard George Foreman can punch. He hit me with a real stiff, straight jab, and my head went flying back, and I, oh, I thought to myself, holy man, it felt like a right hand, and his jab was, it wasn't so fast of a jab, but it was a direct jab. So then I was kind of overcompensating for another job coming he he fainted the job then like he he faked me with the job and i put both of my hands up and he jumped in with that 260 pounds and hit me with a left hook and uh knocked me down and when he knocked me down that that first time uh, i remember looking up i was kind of uh, on my butt and half on my back and the light was kind of twitching a little bit and i just you know i thought holy mackerel what am i doing on my butt right now he, he caught me with a good one there, that's for sure. The way I remember it, you got up, and then there was about 10 seconds of just a brawl where you guys were just throwing bombs at each other for about 10 or 12 seconds before the second knockdown. Well, when I got knocked down, I thought to myself, well, I better gamble and, and see if I can, because uh, it's too late now to do anything else. I might as well gamble. So I thought I'll, I'll go in and I'll pretend like I'm hurt, and then I'll just throw an overhand right and see if I can tag him with that and slow him down a bit. And sure enough, I got a pretty good piece of him there. But then when we start to square off, which... You know, I look back, it's easy to say back. It's just like a, you, you can't look back and say, I wish I would have did this. I, there's other things I could have did, but I went in there and started exchanging, and, and then uh, it didn't turn out good for me after that. Uh, he went down again. I remember that 10 or 12 seconds. The agricom just exploded. It was so loud at that point. Had a real good time talking to Kenny Lacusta yesterday. He's now retired. He's happy. He's healthy and says he just loves spending time with his grandkids now. But July 31st, 1990, one of the great dates in boxing history in Edmonton. Yeah, no awesome. doubt about that. Good work. Thanks, Morley. Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1990s.
And it is another flashback Friday here on 6.30 Chet Mornings, powered by Furnace Family. This week we're reminiscing about the 1990s. I apologize for putting Hanson in your head for the rest of the day. You will not get rid of that. <laughs> Something about that song. <laughs> it's an earworm. I mean, come you on. Know, it's, it's a damn it's a good pleasure. song. It really is. We, everyone secretly likes that song. How can you not? You know all the words. Yes. I was sitting here listening to that montage, and immediately as it started, I started, like, bopping along. Yeah, I mean, if if you're in a bad mood, throw on mbop, and it'll turn around in a heartbeat. (laughs) 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 I remember, like, I played that cassette so many times as a kid, I feel like I nearly burned it out. Uh, There was also that... The Titanic song, My Heart Will Go oh, On, yeah. and that montage there, too. I remember, I, like, when I was a kid growing up in Saskatoon, there was a radio station that used to play that song, but they would they put in clips from the movie. Oh, really? Did we do that? Did we do that here? Yeah, and so every time you would hear it, it would like it was like a five-minute or six-minute version of the song, and it was so impactful. Like, it would make you cry every single time. Like, I don't know. There's something about Titanic. It took over the world there for a bit. They did the same thing with Secret Garden by Bruce Springsteen, cutting in clips from uh, was Jerry Maguire, I think. I think it was Jerry Maguire. Um, you had me at hello. That was Jerry Maguire, right? We got a couple people yep. texting in about that. They yep. did the same thing with Secret Garden from... Uh, from Bruce Springsteen, and uh, yeah, they turned it into a whole, you know, mix. I guess when a movie is, yeah, is that good? Someone's texting in about that movie saying, um, my friend who is Chelsea's age just started dating an incredible guy. Before their first dinner at his house, I sent her the Jerry Maguire, you had me at hello clip, because she's a head over heels. Yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, Show me I, the uh, money from Jerry Maguire, too. That was, uh, make, yeah, that made that was an iconic line, right? Yeah, yeah no doubt yeah. about it. You know what we haven't... Go ahead. Someone asking if I was alive in the 1990s. I will, I will just clarify here. Yes, I was. Um, I was born in 1988, so I was young in the 90s. It was like my childhood. So all those songs we just played are from like my my early years. Your formative years. Yeah, we were talking yes. earlier about how uh, bad The Simpsons were. How it was uh, it was a big deal at the time. And uh, Yeg Rick says, I remember being asked to leave a school for refusing to turn my Bart Simpson T-shirt inside out. It said underachiever and proud of it. Uh-huh. Ooh. You're so bad, Rick. <laughs> yeah, Bart was um, shocking in the day. Uh, a couple people confirming um, we were talking about whether or not McDonald's pizza was a thing in the 1990s or if that was earlier. Someone says uh, McDonald's had the best pizza. It was one of the best pizzas ever. And I honestly mean it. They also had the McRib sandwich. And I can tell you that honestly because I'm 240 pounds. There you go. <laughs> I love this text. Thank you for that. We love getting expertise on this show. We, we defer to the experts. And that, that uh, listener clearly is an expert. So we appreciate you weighing in. Wait, wait. Is there something wrong with 240 pounds? No, absolutely not. It's no. just, okay, it's good. Just letting us know why he knows. <laughs> just means if you're going to talk about McDonald's and you're 240 pounds, I'm going to take your word for it. That's the way that it you're goes. an expert. A <laughs> um, couple of people texting in ICQ. And I don't know. Morley, do you know what that is? Ice? No, do not. That's the noise, Dustin, from ICQ? Yeah, whatever, whenever you got a message, you heard this. Dustin, do we have a boomer sound effect that we can throw in here for Morley and Shay right now for not knowing what ICQ was? It was like the first iteration of Instant Messenger. Like, do you do you guys know what MSN Messenger was? I remember the name. I never had it. No, I, I never remember had it, it though. I remember mostly. Ooh. I remember hearing jokes about it. So, uh, thank I remember you, you've got mail. I remember that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that was email. Yeah. It, it, ICQ was like instant. It was instant messaging back and forth. So you could be having conversations with several people online. Oh, that's like horrible. texting on your computer. Yeah. And so it was all the rage with like, hmm. you know, preteens and teens because you could be like talking, to, you'd go home from school and you'd like go talk to your crush on ICQ. Was that like MyFace? Or MSN. Um, n- no, MySpace was more of like a social media thing where you would post like pictures like of yourself and kind of what you were all about. But this was a way that you could actually talk to people and like instantly connect. I see. Okay. All right. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> they made that sound. <laughs> uh, and when, they, when your parents heard that sound, they knew you were on the computer yeah, then too, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, either either instant messaging or downloading songs and you know wrecking wrecking the family computer, all that good stuff. Uh, we were talking earlier about the first website you uh, you visited, and <laughs> one of our listeners says, "OMG, the first website I tried was TSN. What came up was Texas Swinging Network." <laughs> oh, wow, what a start! <laughs> I'm not looking for that, but I'll stick around for a little while and see what this is about. Lead <laughs> down an interesting rabbit hole, I guess, which is maybe what we all discovered in the 1990s online. Uh, lots of. <laughs> Big events, of course, happening in the 1990s. Here's Randy Kilburn with a look at the news events of the 1990s. Flashback Fridays on 6:30. Chad, brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1990s. In early 1990, we watched this happen. There's Mr. Mandela, Mr. Nelson Mandela, a free man taking his first steps into a new South Africa. And then four short years after his release, Nelson Mandela became president of South Africa. Also in 1990, East and West Germany reunited after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Did you know we've been paying the goods and services tax here since 1990? Oh yeah, we have. 1991 was a very busy year. The internet became available. Operation Desert Storm took place in Iraq and Kuwait. Boris Yeltsin became Russia's first elected president and the world lost a great singer. Freddie Mercury died of AIDS. He was only 45. In 1992, Edmondson's current city hall opened. Doesn't seem that old, does it? 1993 saw the North American Free Trade Agreement signed into law, and Kim Campbell became Canada's Prime Minister, the first and only woman to hold that office. Uh, She wasn't PM for very long, though, just 132 days. 1994, a horror story unfolded in Rwanda as genocide and civil war occurred with an estimated 500,000 people or more killed. All right, on to 1995 now. When's the last time you checked out or bought or sold something on eBay? Last night, maybe? Perhaps even this morning? Well, you weren't able to do that until 25 years ago. Locally in 1995, the Edmonton Queen was christened, and West Edmonton Mall's Fantasyland changed its name to Galaxyland. This after the Walt Disney Company filed a lawsuit. You know, last Friday, when 6.30 Ched flashed back to the 1980s, we told you about Princess Diana and Prince Charles being married. Well, in 1996, they divorced. And then on August 31st, 97, Princess Diana was killed in that vehicle crash, leaving the world stunned and in disbelief. Also in 1997, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, the first Harry Potter book by J.K. Rowling, was published. I'm Ron, by the way. Ron Weasley. I'm Harry, Harry Potter. So, so it's true. I mean, do you really have the... The, the what? The scar. Oh, yeah. 
wicked. <sighs> Locally in 1997, the Windspear Centre opened. Have to admit I used this to do a ton of research about the 1990s. Google. Yeah, it was founded in 1998. Also in 98, U.S. President Bill Clinton said, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Miss Lewinsky. A year later, 1999, Clinton faced impeachment proceedings. Also in 1998, back to that for a second, Edmonton's hottest temperature was recorded, 38.3. That was on August 5th, 98. And then on April 1st, 1999, none of it became a territory. That was a look at the 1990s. For Flashback Fridays, brought to you by Furnace Family on 630 Ched. I'm Randy Kilburn. Thank you, Randy. Wow, lots of cover in there. Holy. In 1990s is when I started in news, and the story I remember as uh, the big one from the 90s for me was uh, O.J. Simpson. Every mm-hmm. single day, the O.J. trial, the Bronco chase, the whole thing, that one, that sort of changed, I think, the way a lot of people consume news, because I think that's the first time CNN went wall-to-wall 24-7 with a story, and uh, people were glued to it. It was like It was like a drama that people watched every single day. That makes yeah. sense that that was kind of the first the first sort of 24-hour yeah. news story. It didn't yeah. stop. It just conti- every single day. And then they'd have analysts come in and talk about what we could expect the next day and what we'd seen that day. And it was just all-consuming every day. And it's still a fascinating story. It sure I mean, is, yeah. My yeah. God. I, I think yeah, I think of news stories from the 90s. You know, could, I was young, obviously, in the 90s, so I think about the death of Princess Diana. Yep. And I think about um, Bill Clinton. And the, oh, yes. <laughs> and the, all, the, all the drama. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, a couple, couple big ones. I love these texts coming in from you, Chad Nation, about what you remember from the 90s. Someone says, I remember when I was 12, my girlfriend at the time, and I asked her, asked each other what we were going to buy each other for Christmas. She wanted earrings. I wanted a hat. She ended up getting me a Blue Jays World Series championship hat, and I had it for like 20 years. Yeah, that's, if you're going to get a Blue Jays hat, that's the year to do it. It's a good present when you're from your 12-year-old girlfriend. Sure is. Yeah, talking sports um, or movies, this one listener saying, uh, favorite movie this in the 90s was the first Toy Story. Oh, I watched yes. the tape so many times I broke it. Yeah, I yeah, the Toy Story was huge too. That Didn't was the Lion King come out in the nineties too. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah, Morley. Ninety two or ninety three. I think it did. Yeah, yeah. Dis- you're right. Like Disney, like the best Disney movies, I think were all in yeah. the nineties, where they yeah. were like at their strongest. But t- that listener makes a good point about Toy Story because it was the first time that we'd seen like computer animation do something really cool and make a make a really like a huge leap. I think. Like, for, for tech in movies. Yeah, just an amazing, amazing movie, right? I mean, so good. Such a good movie. Yeah, someone saying Adam Sandler movies started to come out. Billy Madison, I think, was one of the first ones. Yeah, when they were still good. Yeah, I, I watched... Uh, Wedding Singer was on last weekend, and for some reason I started oh, watching it. What a great movie. It is a really good movie, but Adam Sandler is just bad. Shay, <laughs> you cannot endorse the new Borat movie and say that you're looking forward to that and then say that the Wedding Singer is bad. I'm not, no, I liked, like, I liked Wedding Singer, but there's some really awful, cheesy moments in that movie. Just well, like anything, terrible. Anything you watch that's dated now, like, go watch any 90s, like, Fresh Prince or Friends, and you're going to see jokes in there that just do I not think, land. Today. As far as Adam Sandler goes, I think he's, he's, he's more funny than he is a good actor. 
So yeah, you, I think you excuse right. the excuse the bad acting because it's so funny what he does. So, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, like Opperman is one of the funniest characters SNL ever had. I mean, I, I yep. love it. But yes, yeah, some of those I don't know if it holds up for a whole movie. Sometimes that's an SNL problem occasionally. <laughs> yeah, one of them. Morley, what else happened in sports in the nineties? Well, it was a hard decade for our pro sports teams. Uh, the Eskimos yeah. uh, then only won one Grey Cup that decade. The uh, Oilers only won one Stanley Cup. Hard decade for the Oilers and their fans. The superstars continued leaving for the first time ever they missed the playoffs that was for four straight years beginning in 93 crowds were way down season ticket holders abandoning the team with the threat of the team moving uh the edmonton investors group stepped up and bought the team from peter pocklinton in 1998 and saved the franchise that came a year after a group of kids on the ice pulled off a major upset in 1997 against the heavily favored dallas stars doug waits got the puck and he'll wheel back for the orders with marshawn marshawn's got it he's in all alone marshawn shoots Scores! Todd Marshawn wins it in sudden death overtime with 7.34 to go in the first overtime period. The Otters are going to Denver. They have won the series. Oh, Heidi Times indeed. After four years uh, and a Stanley Cup with the Rangers, that season Kevin Lowe returned to the Otters, and he was happy to be involved in the rebirth of the franchise. Well, it was, was exciting about coming back to Edmonton and, you know, to get another chance to play there. But it became quite evident that there was there was some good young talent there. And I just, you know, I was able to fit in with Dan McGillis on defense. Um, and, you know, we, we played, a, a, you know, we we're the third pairing. And uh, I, I enjoyed myself immensely. And, and, and to your point, Morley, it was so fun to see the building. Uh, you know, we had years where the first round of the playoffs, uh, the building was quiet because fans just knew that it was just, it was like exhibition playoffs for them that they really only got excited comes you know the semifinals and the finals and um, to see the building as excited and and well crazy as it was in the first round and then to go on and you know and upset the Dallas Stars and that really started a new era of Oiler fans um, you know it had been uh, uh, many years since the 80s successes and so it, it just seemed that there's a new breed of fan in the building and they were loud and excited, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good run. We had it was a tough time. We, we you know our as you know our payroll was quite often um, a quarter of what the teams were playing against. So we we had a tougher time competing with uh, the likes of Dallas and Colorado and Detroit and 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 so forth that were spending you know uh, forty fifty million on on player payroll more than we than the orders could at the time. Uh, but that didn't take away from uh, the fact that the Oilers had a lot of guys, you know, guys like Kelly Buckberger, who had, you know, uh, Jason Smith, had incredible hearts, Ryan Smith, and uh, they played their hearts out against, uh, you know, teams with, with bigger payrolls and, and, and often beat them like they did in 97. Yeah, it was a great year, 1997. It was the kind of the rebirth of the franchise, the rebirth of the love of the city for that franchise. And, of course, we saw that. Uh, I've seen that carry through until, you know, 2006 in the Stanley Cup run and even up until now with the crazy crowds that we see. That, those were good yeah, times. Those were good times, yeah. That was fun. Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 1990s.
Baila tu cuerpo, alegría, Macarena, que tu cuerpo va a dar la alegría y cosas buenas. Baila tu cuerpo, alegría, Macarena, eh, Macarena. that song I see I'm sitting here thinking can we incorporate that into every Friday <laughs> we, los, need that. we need more Macarena in our lives Los Del Rio the Macarena from 1995 I think I, the reason is because I was in Mexico in 1995 it's my favorite place in the world I go there a lot and literally every bar seemed to have this on a loop it, you just you walk down the street you would hear this song you'd go in a restaurant you'd go in a bar This you could not get away from it there's some songs though like <laughs> don't you find when you're in Mexico like you'll hear them at the resort and you're like I need to download this song and listen to it yes. when I get home too like they kind of like they last beyond the vacation oh yeah they sort of and they transport you right back there that's one of them I mean the Macarena lives on forever it's a good tune it's not a good tune it's in your head now for the rest of the day <laughs> it is you're it we're talking about the 1990s what you remember and uh, you know what stands out to you we, we could not talk about the 1990s and things that have lasted and we still remember to this day if we didn't touch on this I'm out there Jerry and I'm all You need a little help? Surprisingly, no. I'm free. I'm unfettered. I feel like a naked innocent boy roaming the countryside. <laughs> Obviously, uh, one of the most iconic television shows in the history of television, Seinfeld, premiered actually in 1989, but it didn't hit its stride until the early 90s, and uh, it changed the way people talk. I mean, we still use lines from Seinfeld to this day, for sure. And just just that form of comedy, too, like that like absurd yes. type of situational humor where it's just, they just get themselves into all kinds of crazy scenarios, <laughs> and that's what makes it so funny. It's a just absurd. A show about nothing. Yeah, a TV yeah. Uh, formative for a lot of us. Peter from Wainwright joining us. He's got an interesting story about his experience of growing up in the 1990s. Peter, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. good. What's your memories from the 1990s? Well, I was born in 93 in Bosnia. Oh, wow. And uh, we moved to Canada in 96 after spending some time in a refugee camp in Croatia. So, uh, basically, I remember coming here and watching TV to learn English. I watched wow. the the Elephant Show, it was already done airing by, by the 90s, but Nickelodeon picked it up, and that was Sharon Lois and Brown. Oh, yes. Brown, sorry, some Canadian icons that were on that show. And Blue's Clues, that helped me. Those two shows really helped me learn English. Blue's Clues, that would have been the early Blue's Clues with yeah. uh, Steve, right? Yep. I love that guy. Yeah. You, you could tell he just was just a jerk off camera you know he was just a, a party hard kind of having fun guy doing a kid's show it was just awesome yeah, <laughs> his life exactly. is just nothing but irony <laughs> I've wow. got a young daughter now who's about a year old and I've watched a couple of those episodes and I kind of baffled me that it was a young kid's show with him on there but Peter I'm guessing you were too young to remember anything from living in a refugee camp in Bosnia right? yeah correct wow what an incredible journey. Oh, my goodness. Thanks so much for sharing that story with us. You bet, you guys. Thank you very much. And love the show. Appreciate having me on. Yeah, thanks very Aww. much, Peter. Thanks Call back. Thanks for being on, Peter. Anytime. You bet. Take care. Wow. How 
Blues Clues and Sharon Lois and Bram to learn English. You learn the most polite English, I think, from Sharon Lois and Bram. Probably. And from Blues Clues, you learn a little sarcasm from yeah. Steve. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. You knew watching him, like, there was another side to oh, him. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was just thinly veiled that that you guy... you got to wonder, though, with those children's hosts, like, how do you... You can't be that sunshine and lollipops all the time. No. That, speak in that calm, measured way. I mean, There's a gotta, dark, dark side there. Just looking be. below the surface. <laughs> okay, now people are attacking me on the text line saying the Macarena is an awful song. It yeah, is. but it's like, it's so awful that it's good. Like, I'm not like, this is music at its finest. Wait, is it catchy? Yes. JR says the Macarena sucked, but not nearly as bad as Mambo Number no. 5. See, now I disagree. Mambo Number no. 5 was a good song. Lou Bega, remember that one? Yeah, again, not like, not a. <laughs> You know, not really like a lyrically challenging song. No, but my, my favorite part of that song, Lou Bega. Yeah, there it is. Uh, the guy who had this massive, massive hit. His big quote at the time was, I ain't going to be a one-hit wonder. I can promise you that. Well, guess what, Lou? <laughs> You're the definition of a one-hit wonder. We need to do, after we've wrapped up all these Flashback Fridays, we need to do like a Where Are They Now from all the one-hit wonders <laughs> that we end up mentioning. What is Lou Bega doing now? Uh, he's probably in some Holiday Inn lounge doing uh, Mambo Number no. Five. I would imagine. <laughs> I would think so. You know what? It's really we're laughing at him. He's probably made a lot of money off of that song. It was a huge, huge hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. He did fine. Yeah. I'm sure he uh, doesn't have to worry about things for quite some while. Uh, this listener says, "Yeah, I hear you. I heard the song Happy by Pharrell Williams for the first time down in Mexico. Now every time I hear it, it reminds me of that awesome trip." It's true. Yeah, your vacation songs, the songs you come yeah. home with. No doubt about it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Someone saying, um, uh, this is John on the text line saying, achy, breaky heart. <laughs> oh, Billy yeah. Ray. Massive hit. He says, uh, achy, breaky heart and Barbie girl. And then he says, it was a tough decade for music. You know, I met B Billy Ray. Really? Yeah, we were on a family trip to LA and we were, uh, my kid absolutely loved Hannah Montana at the time. She was probably like seven or eight years old. Okay. And we, we were driving through, I think we were going to see Miley's house or something like that. I don't know what it was. But anyway, we see um, Billy Ray Cyrus walking his dogs down the street. And I figured, well, okay, I got to do it for my kids. So I jumped out and said, hey, Billy Ray, can we get a picture? And he said, oh, sure. Oh, so you didn't jump out and be like, hey, Billy Ray, do you know who I am? No, no, no. I mean, he knew who I was immediately as soon as he saw me. I'm sure. <laughs> but it, she had this little camera, and this was before iPhones. And um, apparently I didn't know how to work the camera because I'm a boomer, and you have to hold the camera down before you push the button. So I got this out-of-focus picture of my daughter and Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's such a dad fail. I know. I, You know, I was such a great dad for jumping out and, and bothering him as he's walking his dogs to get the picture, and, and then I blew the picture. <laughs> it's the memory, though, of meeting him. It's the, it's the thought that counts. We should mention Billy Ray also, too, rocked a hairstyle that we all um, yeah. love to leave behind in the 90s, which was the mullet. I think he's still doing it, isn't he? Well, I think it's like a it's like a more shapely mullet. There was a brief <laughs> moment in like the 2010s where there was like a kind of a push for the mullet to come back. Like a yeah, there baby was, mullet. there was, yeah, a little revival. You're right. Yeah, and it could be done sort of well on some people, but it was still mostly bad. So I think that's kind of what he has now. Okay, well, good for him. I mean. Uh... What, he's still a going concern, which blows my mind. But <laughs> we still hear about him every once in a while. And now, if you don't have Macarena in your head, you have achy, breaky hearts. So, you're welcome. 
Terrible music. Terrible music. We're talking about vacation songs, and we should mention that there may be a new way for you to actually take a vacation. Yeah, this is really, really interesting. I mean, we talked about the pilot project out at the Edmonton Airport a while ago, the, the rapid testing. Mm-hmm. And I guess they must be pleased with the way that it's going because they're really bringing it in for real down in Calgary. Yeah, so in Calgary and in Toronto, they're introducing this new pilot project, which you, you likely saw all over online yesterday. So starting on November 2nd, um, basically what's going to happen is they're going to offer rapid testing, mm-hmm. which means that you may not have to actually do 14 days of quarantine after international travel if you test negative. You still will have to go into quarantine until you get those results. The results, yeah. And then you'll have to take another test after um, six, uh, on day six or seven after arrival. So I guess it's just depending on which, what's available to you um, at a pharmacy that's participating in that pilot program. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And Jason Kenny says, yeah, it's in Calgary and Toronto, like you say, for now. But if it goes well, uh, we can expect to see this in Edmonton probably sometime very early in 2021. Though a lot of work lies ahead, uh, we can see a return to normal travel. But pilots like this will lead the way. The results will help shape future provincial and federal policy, and ultimately they'll help to find a new approach for international travel, one that limits the spread of COVID-19 while relying much less on prolonged and very inconvenient quarantine measures. He's right. If this works and it proves to be effective in limiting the spread of COVID-19, it'll really be a big, big boost for air travel. Huge. Yeah, and... And I think just a big boost for mental health. Like, I think seeing so many people sharing about this yesterday, you know, I think it just goes to show how many people are desperate for a vacation. I think you see the headline, you immediately go, I can travel. It's fixed. Yeah, we just got a text saying, so excited. We can now go to Mexico and not have to take an additional two weeks. Travel is once again possible. Yeah, it's, I mean, it it could be. Here's the thing, though, is that you can, in, in the... In the like more information about it, it says um, so participants will be re- required to remain in Alberta for the first for 14 days, mm-hmm. the period normally associated with a quarantine. They may also be issued tickets if they fail to respect the public health requirements of the pilot. Okay, so if you have to be if you have to remain in the province, does that mean that Edmontonians can travel to Calgary and then fly in and out of that airport? I and would then think so. Are we going to have participating pharmacies here in our city that will do the follow up test six or seven days after? Yeah, I think, or maybe you can just book one. You know what I mean? Like, because um, if you book a test, you can usually get it done within like a day or two. The, that, I think that's what the waiting list is right mm-hmm. now. So you get the rapid one as soon as you land. And then once you get back to Edmonton, you book one locally. I'm not sure. EIA is saying that they're trying they're, they're trying to get on this as soon as they can as well. So oh, hopefully yeah. we'll have something that's here in our city as well. I've seen there's been a lot of misinformation that's been shared about this too. Um, and I've seen rumors of the initial test costing money. I don't. I'm not seeing that in the Alberta website, on the Alberta website anywhere. It doesn't mention anything about whether it's going to have a cost associated. So I don't know if that's just information that people are throwing out there or if that came from a credible source, but that there's a rumor that it might cost over $100 to get that test. Yeah, the stories that I'm looking at here right now, like you say, they don't mention anything about a cost. It will be voluntary. You have the choice. Um, to take the test or quarantine for the 14 days, uh, and then you won't have to quarantine for the 14 if you test negative. So I, I haven't seen anything about any cost, uh, but uh, it, it certainly does change the game. And uh, as you might expect, uh, the airline and airports are are thrilled with this news because, uh, I mean, think about it. it. You might even consider taking a trip to Mexico or, or down to Vegas or something like that without that 14-day quarantine, right? But with that 14-day quarantine, a two-week vacation in Mexico is now a month. Yeah. And uh, so I think a lot of people are just like, I, I can't do it. 
well, that's the thing. Who who is really able to do that? Yeah. Plus, you know, it's still. Would you travel? Would you go to well, Mexico? Oh, see, that's the thing. Like. <sighs> I guess it depends on where. It depends on where you're going to go and how safe you're going to feel when you're there. Would mm-hmm. I go to Vegas <laughs> or anywhere in the States? Absolutely not. No, I don't Probably think so. Probably not even Mexico. <sighs> as much as my gut reaction tells me immediately, yes, I would love to go travel somewhere and go book a vacation right now, I I don't know. I, I think I need to wait a beat before and think. Like, yeah. Give it a think first. With the amount of tequila I consume when I'm in Mexico, I can't imagine anything would survive on me or in me. You know what I mean? Right. I'd be completely disinfected. I think, I think it would be totally safe. That's a good point, yeah. actually. Yeah. But then you have to think, too, like if you're that impaired, like maybe you're touching surfaces or things or like, you know, you're not being as careful. Hmm. Yeah, good point. Wait, wait, us, way to ruin it. Let us... <laughs> I just want you to be safe. Let us know if this immediately makes you want to travel or if you're still thinking you're not totally comfortable with it yet. Interested to hear your thoughts on this, Chet Nation. 780-496-0063. Um, we'll come back to Morley in just a second. We'll get one more look at sports on the way. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.